If you're keen on backing a winner tomorrow, you've come to the right place. It's now time for the punters panel on Racing HQ. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. Yeah, thank you very much, Laurie Daly. It is the punters panel, and it's good to have your company on this morning's show, Sky Sports Radio. You can listen to us uh, via your radio or via the app. Stream us anywhere on uh, this morning's program. Let's get to our two guests this morning. Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald chimes in. Chris, good morning to you. Morning, Luke. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm sure Mitch has um, got the... TV on silent behind him and got a smile on his face being on Gary Anderson and the Wild Darts. <laughs> Mitch Cohen, good morning to you. Uh, any response there? You'd be right, Ritter. I was up uh, till 4am watching the darts. I just got a couple of hours sleep and uh, just watched cool hand Luke beat Pikachu. But uh, look, Gary Anderson bet looks better and better by the minute. Where did this You wouldn't have been cheering for the, the Irishman this morning, would you? <laughs> Yeah, well, Brendan Dolan, he's coming out to Australia in, I think, January or February. So uh, if anyone wants to look around, um, they can see Brendan Dolan. He's beat the Gezi Price in the darts. But, uh, look, we, I won't bore people with the darts. Where they're, they're here to uh, look after the racing, aren't they? Mate, to be fair, the uh, yeah, the listenership was starting to drop already. Where did this love, <laughs> yeah. where did this love of darts come from? Um, well, which one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, no, no, during COVID, obviously, I think a lot of people were stuck bored at home. So uh, my brother and I had a board at home and um, started to play more, but I've always enjoyed it. And if you can watch the darts on TV, if you ever go, go down to Wollongong next year. It's one of the funnest nights you'll ever have. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, let's uh, talk about this card, boys. And uh, Chris, how does it look uh, for Randwick on Saturday? What I love about it, it's, um, it's a fantastic card, like for a, for a... Sorry, I'm just... Um, Turn off the radio here. That's all right. Um, um, Sounds like another station. Are you, you, that's you, very, you to us very disappointing, Mitch. You're right. Another station by the sound of it, hey? You traitor. You treacherous, treacherous human. It was probably it was probably what I had had on when I was coming home last night. Um, it's a it's one of those programs where you can you, there's the the interesting races are the races that are going to develop into Magic Million sources. So the three-year-old and two-year-old, we'll, we'll look at them and they're just perfect races for um, people to say, well, that's the that's the horse I want to back in, at the Gold Coast. And the, we, got, we got to see Royal Tribute win yesterday. Did what I did, didn't think it could do lead all the way. But, you know, I, don't, I think we might see uh, another Waterhouse runner there that could be very hard to beat on the weekend. Looking at the forecast, um, possible storms today. For the Sydney area, we'll wait and see. We've had plenty of them in the last week or so, and then the forecast for Saturday is 70% chance, zero to two millimetres, just a shower or two. So uh, I think Saturday's looking pretty good as far as weather is concerned. The track is currently rated a soft six as we go to air and a three-metre rail, and we'll kick it off, guys, uh, with uh, this Grabini race, the Marubra Mile. He's currently the reigning favourite there. I'm talking about race seven, horse four. And Chris, he's having a good preparation. Can he do it again? Yeah, I think um, Gerald Ryan and Sterling have sort of picked out what they want to do for the next couple of months, next next twelve months. So um, they 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 toyed with going to the Ingham and then said, no, we'll drop back a grade and just give him a couple of a uh, couple of kills, and that's what he's done. He's gone out and had a couple of you know real good races where he's been able to learn a bit. I think the festival showed he just wasn't ready for that grade grade. Then he come back one at a mile and goes around at a mile again. 
you know, when you talk to them, they've, they've got the program, this will be his last run this prep, and then we'll be seeing him around Scone Cup time for the coast and races like that. And then it'll be um, pretty similar to Oldsburg. Um, Epston, Big Dance, Five Diamonds. John Ryan described the five-year-old program in the spring as probably the best program for any grade of horses if you've got the right horse. So um, he's got a he's got a got a big year in front of him in 2024, and I think he'll tick off another thing and become the have his seventh win, which will be the second most for the for the partnership. And they're looking for their 250th win on the weekend. Yeah, I think they're mad if they don't sort of go that path. If you're a five-year-old golding in the spring now in Sydney and you've already qualified through the big dance as you did through that Golden Cup, one of the first horses to qualify uh, with, with a five diamonds there as well, you, you're mad if you don't attack those races. I think he's he's going really well, obviously. I don't think his festival stage was that bad, I thought he was actually pretty good considering, um, well, the leader basically won the race. It, it was... Fence was on that day. He had to go widest. He ran okay, all things considered. Then he's backed that up next start, obviously, in that December handicap. I think he's the horse to beat. He draws well. He, he should land close enough, probably, uh, a pair or two back. Uh, I think he's just the best horse in this race. I think he's probably uh, a group-quality horse on his day. I think he's one you can back. Mm. I think what happens with those races, like like a festival and things like that, they're good. They're good touch points to find out where your horse is at at that point. And I agree with you. He's probably going to be a, he's going to be a stakes winner by the end of the next preparation. And uh, and and we're we're seeing a seeing a horse still developing, but he just wasn't ready for that pressure. And that can happen with horses. They can have, the first time they go to that level, they can they can struggle a little bit. I think. A uh, horse like Espiona, she struggled when she first got to that real high level and just couldn't um, put it all together. She was close enough, but as she as she adjusted to the pressure, she's now probably one of the better sprinters in the country. And you know, it's, you know, if you remember, she won by seven on as a three-year-old in Melbourne on on Melbourne during Melbourne Cup week, and everyone thought she was the next Winks, but she she just took a bit of time to come through. And that's the sort of thing that happens with the, uh, some of these horses when they when they're they get through their grades really quickly. If they win, you know, six from seven, they either can do it straight away or they might take a couple of runs and and they do eventually get there because you, the talent is always there. Mm. One thing with this race, guys, is is it a real race? It might be a dead set barrier troll. Where is the speed? The, the whole field are pretty much midfield type settling horses. Um, I've, I've got no idea what's going to lead this race. Uh, they're all pretty... Steady out of the gates, uh, Chris. Yeah. Do they? Um, do they just have to push the button with the with Grabini and taking to the front? Like you know, I don't think. I don't think. The, I think substantial might be able to go forward at a pinch if it has to. Um, yeah. Without Stonecoat there, it sort of takes a lot of the pressure out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, he's of course a dual acceptor and goes to another race. So that's the Maroubra Mile, I think. A little bit up in the air, the map there. Uh, we may hear a few changes of tactics come race day. Uh, morning, fellas. I screamed out private eye from my car to Roots last week and was hoping for more in return than a smile. Gave, <laughs> gave this listener nothing, apparently, Ruta. That was the, that's the, that's the bloke, that's the bloke who uh, I was on the phone to Stanley and Stanley goes, who was that? So, 
Mate, thanks for thanks for coming back in. Dave would be happy to know that you actually exist. Cause he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he half believe what went on. But um, no, I was I was on the phone to Dave Stanley, so I was I, I was trying to concentrate on what he was telling. Me. Yeah, well, I, I expected a bit more, mate. You're, you're listening to other radio stations and you're giving our listeners nothing. I tell you what, you're on shaky ground here. Uh, but the the message goes on to say thoughts on race four number ten metallic ruler tomorrow, fellas. Enjoy the new year. So we'll go to that race next. It's the fourth on the program, 1,300 metres. Current favourite is Keenan at $4.60 ahead of Sydney Bowl, a four eighty, And Metallic Ruler is a $9.50 chance. So I'll give you first crack here, Mitch. Yeah, race four. Thought it, thought it was pretty tricky, to be honest. Um, look, I was. I think Keenan obviously put a few runs on the board last preparation. Uh, he's coming back from a spell, but the wide draw, I think, will negate that pretty quickly, um, knowing the stable. He's probably going to go forward. I thought the trials were okay. So Brian Crowley form, obviously, is decent. But, yeah, I found this very tricky because you've got a couple of progressive horses. I landed on House of Cards, to be honest. I thought his run at Kemba Grange was terrific. Um, always got a soft spot for the Kemba form. But, uh, look, I thought uh, if you got the early odds, I think he was... Double figures early. The way he hit the line, the way he really just knuckled down late and just got to the task, I thought he was really, really good. Uh, he's still a cult. Obviously, they've still got a bit of an opinion of him. What uh, what can he do here? Uh, if we go elsewhere, I don't mind something of the each way odds here in Colours of Autumn. Now, she's a filly that also won terrific last time on the Beaumont track. Uh, this is a pretty big step up. I know Bradwood is looking to make this uh, probably her last run of the summer before looking at sort of those late fillies races in the autumn before potentially looking at those uh, fillies races in the autumn or, or maybe Brisbane. But uh, I think she's a nice filly going forward. But I think House of Cards just love the way he hit the line last start. He seems to have come back a uh, renewed galloper. This is his... Second preparation, obviously, but as I said, still a cult. I think they've got potentially a bit of an opinion of him. You, you see the colours that he's wearing; he's wearing those finery stud colours. So obviously, he can he can go somewhere in the future. But yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was a pretty terrific ring. Yeah, metallic ruler went to the spring stakes. Probably a throw at the stumps, looking looking for the mile. But drops back here to to uh, the shorter trip over thirteen hundred metres and. Um, He's okay leading into it. It's a, it's a funny race, this. Like, you've got, as um, Mitch said, you've got uh, House of Cards that was a, a maiden winner last start. You've got Colours of Autumn maiden winner last start. You've got Dazzling Lism maiden winner at Canterbury last start. And then you've got Sydney Bowler that's unbeaten in, in two runs, in, two, two runs and, and Keenan that's been to the highest level, but it's only really won a maiden as well. So it's a, it's it's... It's a sort of you're betting on potential, and betting on potential can be um, a real hit and miss thing. I, I just think Sydney Bowler might might be a really nice horse if it can um, come through here. I think you'll find it at the Gold Coast. There's um, you look at the Gold Coast three-year-old market, and it says that Kenan should be favourite here, and it is. It's an eight-dollar chance. Sydney Bowler's fifteen dollars, and all the rest are fifty to one. So um, I, I'm just backing that. Um, the the brother can do what the sister did and um, get it right on Sydney Bowler. I think it'll be back and then be charging late. So 
track yet. The way the track's playing will probably play a bit of a role as well. Now, I haven't spoke to Gary Portelli either, but flying trapeze up the top, obviously, uh, finished third yesterday in that Gosford Guinea, so you wouldn't expect him to run from, from Barry he's, as well. He's not, he's not going, uh, spoke to, yeah. to Gary. Yeah, well, he ran yesterday, he's, so he's, you'd, you'd assume he's not. He, he's, um, it's number 20 for the Gold Coast, so he's praying for a couple of couple of things to drop out so he can get a run into in in that Guineas, which is, which is not looking as strong a race as it has in past years. So, you know... Emerging horse might just come through and, and knock it off. Mm. But which one? That's the puzzle, isn't it? Uh, it's hard to yeah, it's, hard to line up the different form lines. Yeah, and, and we usually have a boom horse from Queensland. It's not really one there that I can warm to. So looking at it, like obviously the idea with Keenan and and horses like that is to go straight into the um, straight straight to the Gold Coast after this. So. Um, if they can put a marker down here, they'll probably end up. They'll probably end up with a uh, very short in the market. And I think if Keenan would, was to go out and win easily, be fifty nine, it might end up favourite for the for the Magic Millions. Mm. I thought Gittelong was really good the other day down in down in Melbourne. Uh, I know he's a gelding, but uh, this isn't a group race, obviously. But uh, I think he's the one I want to back. Crossall obviously scratched. Uh, yesterday, Chris Wallace also won the uh, the calendar personal in the spring. But uh, yeah, if, if Gidelong's heading that way at, at twenty to one, I think he's the one I want to back. Is that the Magic Millions three year old? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In the Magic Millions guineas, yeah, yeah, sure. Enough. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think Corey's also gone to Brisbane as well. So you know, they, at this time of year, sort of they're they're dual nominated all around the place, just trying to find the right race. And especially around New Year's, there's there's so many options. You can pick the race you want to run in. So. Um, becomes a becomes a bit of a game of bluff with the trainers as well. Oh, definitely. It's um, it's a great time of year to be owning and racing a horse. Torture if you're trying to bet. Uh, not only you've got to juggle Christmas and all the distractions, but yeah, the dual acceptors. You you just don't know where to look, Chris. How are the knives yeah. going, Luke? Mate, you know what? Bloody enormous, to be honest. <laughs> uh, for those who didn't hear our chat earlier in the week, I. I drew a blank uh, as far as Christmas presents, but the household was gifted uh, a new set of knives, and gee, it's making a difference, Mitch. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm just slicing through the chicken breast, the tomatoes, uh, like the leftover like left hand, surely. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So I tell you what, you can't beat a sharp knife. Gee, it makes a difference. I've been struggling away with the blunt ones, and now I'm never looking back uh, with the new set. I'm just gliding through. So uh, yeah. Uh, it's the small it's things. As long as they're not thro- flying through the air, air mate. <laughs> exactly. I got a bit of mail from a listener that said, "Don't put the new knives in the dishwasher, guys. It wear- wears them out. Apparently, just hand wash them." So yeah, that's, yeah. A, that, oh, that's a pretty common thing, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, I never knew. You learn those things. You, yeah, no, no. You don't. You don't put the good things through the dishwasher. No, no exactly. chance. I've caught the tip. Uh, last thing I'll say to you guys is. Um, on Sydney Bowler, he's unbeaten, and you know, I like him as a horse. Just the figures are disappointing. There's nothing in the figures at all from Newcastle. It could I be, think, it could be a super weak race. That guys. I think. I think with that, sometimes you just got to believe your eye a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I get that. that. He's, a, yep. he's a he's a winner. He's a winner. Like, um, it's he just he gets the job done, and I know figures can sort of say, well, give you a hit and run, but. Sometimes you just got to believe, you know, horses that win just keep winning, and that's, um, you know, and he just does what he has to do. Like he, 
you don't want to, especially for a horse like him who gets back in the field, he's, he can only only run home in what he has to run home in to, to win, really. Yeah. And, I mean, I wasn't there. I was away, actually, and I, I wasn't even watching the races du- during at the time. But there could have been a big wind pickup, guys, uh, before that race. They might have been running into a big headwind there, so maybe the figures are, are fake news. But he went much slower his final 200 than his four to the two. Most horses, you'd expect that under fatigue. But he wasn't even top 10 best last 200s of the meeting. He only ran the 18th best, even though it looked like he was visually coming home well. And the second horse, King's Duty, he was well beaten his next start. Uh, the fifth horse, he's been lapped since. So, yeah, I think it's a hollow race, but beware yeah. the unbeaten horse. Like Chris, you're saying, they can elevate and lift to a new level. And he did run a bit of a figure on debut and one soft. So Yeah, I think the maiden's probably the form because the horse would be coming out and run it. Um, exactly. Run on Boxing Day. Mm. So, so, you know, it's... Uh, um, sometimes you do get a weak race where they just do what they have to do, you know. And it's hard with horses that have had, had a, not a lot of starts. You don't get a real line on where they're at and what, where they're going, what, what level they can go to. And on Keenan, he's got to lump the 59 here. Uh, he, he seems poorly in under the weight scale, but, um, you know, I, I don't like the way he over-races either. He, he did yeah, it in think- trials. I think they're going to have to let him run, don't you? Yeah, don't I you? I think, yeah. I think he'll lead and put a bit of pressure into the race, which might help a couple of them back in the back in the um, in the field that that need ground. Text here: thoughts on Stonecoat tomorrow. First up, of course, goes in race six, number one, Louisville, currently favourite there at three dollars forty. And uh, late in the program at Randwick tomorrow, guys, a few of these favourites: Louisville, one of them, Union Army, another in the last. These horses are favourite in these races, but they map terribly. Uh, Louisville, I think, it's a horrible draw for him with a lack of go-forward horses, unless they want to try and roll forward. But he's drawn the outside gate. I think he'll be closer to last than first, and he's got the job ahead. Stonecoat seems to get a picnic here, Mitch. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm sticking with Louisville. He was the punter's punter multi-bet uh, on his last run on the 16th. Uh, look, I... Just query the other day, obviously, Felix Majestic just got a picnic in front, kicked off the turn, and, and it was game over. I thought, look, he's he's looking for the mile. That was his second run at 1,400 metres. He gets up to the mile now. I, I'm just keen to stick with him. I think he's clearly the best horse in this race. But he, the danger is the same as it was the other day. You've got Stonecoat, uh, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, Barrier 1. He's just going to jump, lead, and potentially just win like he, he he runs well first up he's won twice before first up uh the big weight may be the issue but i think louisville is the best horse in this race i want to stick with him but that has to be the worry yeah it's Stonecoat um three trials first up obviously a plan to go to a mile first up so they, they don't see it as a problem gets its own way in front louisville oh, I've got it on top, but I'm really worried about the flat spot it hits in its races. It's done it twice and then just surges near the line. It, it, it looks like it needs further, but I don't know whether it just needs to be switched on a bit and, and got into, get, get into the race a bit earlier. Um, last start, Felix Majestic just ran such a went wolf speed in front and just kept going, and they just couldn't get near it. It, it was very good from back in the field, but, you know, in the end, you know, I, was, I think... A lot of people underrated where 
uh, Felix Majestic was in a preparation that, that produced three wins. So um, it's no disgrace to be beaten by it. But really find it hard. If Stonecoat goes to the front and, and steadies them, how Louisville can run him down. But I, I just got to be with him. I, I, I just think he's the... He's, he's a class, his class might get in there, and I think we'll be seeing him over 2,000 metres before long. Yeah, exactly. He's a strong one, I think, Ritter, as well, his miracle spin. I thought his first half run was terrific. He obviously had to course a bit wide on that occasion, but, uh, look, he's, he's stepping up in distance now. It's probably maybe still short of his best. I thought um, the, the 2,000 was where he was running on last preparation, but uh, I think he's in for a really good prep. I think he's an, a nice horse. But again, he's going to be doing the same thing as Louisville, isn't he? he yeah, he makes he makes Louisville a kilo better for a week and a half um, with the run under his belt. So he'll be he'll be a little bit fitter. Matthew Smith's horses are going really well. Um, it's it's one of those, what what I how I'm looking at it is is I I can see a reason to back Stone Coat because it's going to have all the favours in front and things like that. But question mark mile first up and the big weight. And these other two are going to be coming from the back and they're going to be coming hard at the end. So any chinks in his armour are going to be found out. So um, you probably look at it and go, um, I'll, I'll be, I won't be having a bet, but I'd be backing Louisville for something small and I'm with not that much confidence just because of that flat spot. Track pattern will be pretty important too, guys. Uh, by this point, if it's a little bit on pace, I'd expect Louisville to be soft in the market and Stonecoat be well found. The interesting thing with Stonecoat is he was a massive drifter, thir- first up last preparation and able to win. Yeah, it was fourteen hundred last, I think, from memory. Yeah, um, and it was just—it was amazing. Like talking I about, I took him on yeah. the tote boys. I was a happy man. Nice talking about drifts. How about like a half fours last week? If you had. Yeah. If you backed him during the week, you'd, you'd be, you would have been sick, six dots. So, and um, I doubt you would have gone again because the reason he was no. drifting is because of the bias. Yeah, and it was just a gem of a ride by Tommy Berry, who's who's come back and is riding right. It's just getting back to that old the old Tommy Berry form. It always takes him a couple of months. I can see him really having a big autumn. Hmm. Yeah, I think he will. Um, Crafty Eagle, not much said about him. I thought he was sound. Last start, uh, he'll be fit now, and I think it's an important race for him. He's one that could go forward. I know he had a tendency to over-race at stages of his career, but uh, I think with the lack of pace, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Zach goes forward. I think he is, and one reason he's been so successful, and I'm talking about Lloyd here, he has an amazing knack of getting horses in the front half of the field. Uh, for example, that horse Concello that tailed out at Gosford yesterday, yes, I know they were different tracks, but he got it into fifth at Hawkesbury the run before. Watch him, watch him, guys. Watch him closely. He he is very good at getting them on speed, even horses. Did you get them, you get them one spot closer than, they, than you think they, yeah. they can be sometimes? Mm. And I think the other thing is horses, he's got a great knack of just getting horses to travel for him. Like, even if they're three wide, you know, you very rarely see him on a on a hard puller or or anything like that. He he does a really good job. Must have really good soft hands to get him travelling in the right in the right way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's race number six on the program. I think we've covered it off pretty well. We go to the eighth now, and Bubba's Bay. A question here about this galloper. 
first up for Chris Lees, went to Queensland last preparation and was successful up there. And as a four-year-old mare now, she comes back. Uh, does she fit in somewhere here, Chris, after like the 420 favourite for this race? Yeah, she can. She's um, the first up from from um, as a yet to win a race, but she she she's always one of those horses that, that um, with with speed on, she's just just a, a great horse to be be um, investing on. I, I found her on top, but you know, once again, the big weight, and you're looking at it, and you're going, well, there's plenty of chances in the race, but I just think at the price, she's she's a she's a bet in this race. Yeah, I spoke to Chris yesterday. I uh, look, I found this one of the trickiest races of the day, to be honest. I think, um, look, this may, I think Chris would like to get her to uh, Magic Man's race in, in two weeks' time. I think it's the Phillies and Mares race uh, the week before the Magic Man's, which is still worth 250000 So it's a nice race for her. Uh, it's just whether she's there to do it first up, as Chris said. Big weight first up. She's drawn awkward. Yeah, it, I find her, I think she's probably the best each way play in the race. But uh, look, the race in general, I think it's a pretty even bunch. I mean, you've got Dollar Magic there. Has she come to the end of her prep? She has been racing terrific. She deserves a race like this. She's finished, I think, second four or five or six times. Uh, she just keeps racing well. But uh, look, she keeps running in a good one. So I landed on after light. Uh, I think. Uh, her runs have been terrific this preparation. Uh, her win at Canterbury was really good, but I've got her on top without a whole lot of confidence. So I think Chris has finally got her rating what we... Well, she showed a little bit early anyway, but uh, I think uh, from a good draw, she can land probably in the box seat and, and run a really good race. But as a race I want to bet into, I think you could... Uh, well, it's in the quaddy. I think maybe it's a field job, to be honest. I think Arcapella's time was good good in the highway last time. I think that was a target race. I just had no luck in the straight. I, I think probably, with a clear running, probably runs down the winner. Um, I know there was some talk about the favourite in that race being unlucky, but if you watch Arcapella's time, it went around the favourite and then ran into just ran into a dead end at the wrong, uh, a block at the wrong time. And on the sectionals that day, Ruder, I think she ran uh, Acapella Sun, one of the best last 600, if not the best of, of the card. So she was clearly yeah. flying, but um, yeah, I, it just really to be on that day. The rail was the rail was pretty warm. But Matt, Matt Dale's a very smart trainer. He just dropped her back to a highway after her first up run, and it just smelt like a target race for her. Whether he could hold her at that level and jumping grade is the is the question mark. I can I she'll be she'll definitely be in my quaddy, and I think. I think you'll know you'll you'll be getting a, a good price to field here. It could be the four or five to one to field. Yeah, she ran the fourth best last two hundred of the day. Acapella Sun there last start behind Bamaria, that courtesy of Daily Sectionals. Uh, Emperor, he ran the seventh best around uh, six one hundredths of a Go second. Go and have a look at it. Go and have a look at her at the three three hundred when she gets stopped. Like it was a horror story. Oh, Emperor, don't watch uh, and don't watch no. Emperor's run again. Oh, I've seen yeah, it. but her, her run was better than Empress' run, no doubt in my mind. Mm. Oh, she got buffeted up, definitely. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not potting her at all. I was just giving you the I'm data. Not potting, I'm not pottering Empress' run, but it was the, it was found by a lot of people because it was favourite, and there was a lot of, lot of uh, being met done in a highway. It's sort of like Chris Waller in a, in a, in a staying race. Everyone's watching their horses. 
been found by the bookies too. They serve up a dollar eighty-five at Doomben on Saturday, Emperor, uh, for any of the the thrill seekers uh, who want to go again. So you'll uh, be you'll be diving in that there, there Luke. sorry I called you Dave uh, well here's something right I was texting a mate during the week I said this emperor they just might miss it a little bit because it's going to a different state and you know he's been beaten a margin and it was a highway I said we, we might get a price um, I'll wait for the market to come up and and see what's doing dollar eighty dollar eighty five I won't be racking it no thank you no thank you boys as we go now to race number three a text here from crackers in Albury one of our thoughts on You're Not the Boss in race number three. He is uh, an informed galloper tackling this midway. He's coming off recent wins at uh, Maruya and Canberra. I think it's a lot harder, guys, but worth a go. While you're in form, uh, you can get down in the weights and have a crack. But uh, this midway, favourite at the moment, number 12, run with the tide, Mitch, at 3.20, and it's been supported. I've got uh, you're not the boss in the numbers. I think he's racing well. These midways uh, always a bit of a lottery as well. They're, they're testing us this morning. I'll tell you what, Luke. But I'm, I'm with run the, with the tide. I think he's he's racing really, really well. I think Ross McConville's got him going great. To be honest, I think he, he's dropping back. Uh, well, he was he ran terrific in the midway last start. That was the race that uh, stepped aside, and there was there was a minor protest. He actually finished second in that race before. A, a minor protest uh, didn't go his way, but look, he's he's drawn to get a similar run here in a race that I think, as always, the midway. You wouldn't talk anyone out of anything, but uh, look, to be honest, he's he's carrying just a kilo more than he was the other day. I think uh, he's got the runs on the board here. I think he's the one I want to back, if anything. But I wouldn't talk you out, to be honest, of anything in a midway. Uh, we know how these races dish up. Long nudge shots. I, I, I landed on Toronomica and I can actually tip it because Dave Stanley's not here, the leader of the Will Freeman cheer squad. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he, he's, it, it's just been in, in, in had a lovely preparation. It, it comes out of the same race as the favourite, ran fifth that day, day where um, a couple of lengths behind, behind run was the tide. And then was a really good run behind Terramata. I think it's looking for seven now, and I think this is probably its trip. So uh, I can see it running home hard. Poseidon Rule has been one of mine. I've been following it for a while. I, I backed it at Newcastle when it did absolutely nothing. I know it's right up in the weights, but um, then it come and ran in that Terramata race and was good there. I think I think that's the form for this race. I think Terramata's a really nice horse, and always betting around horse, nice horses, you tend to find the horses behind them and come out and... And, and be over the odds. So I'll probably be backing Bay for the the one and the four and, and um, hope to get a little bit of a, a present out of the race. Father Christmas uh, coming late for Chris Roots, hopefully there, mate. Yeah, well, it'll be... Um, It'd be nice if, you, if I could back a winner at the moment. It's, a, it's been a, a bit of a drought. <laughs> Mate, I'll buy you a new set of knives if you're battling. Let's have a chat about race five, boys. 2,000 metres. 310 favourite Naval College. Uh, Dream Flight is a runner I'm interested in. He, he ran his career best race uh, in Australia last start, I thought. Uh, the tongue tie went on there. He was... He was very gallant, Mitch. He was the only survivor of the on-speed horses. They went very hard in front, and he just kept chipping away. Well, you keep going to the races that I've found the favourite in, Luke, so I just sound like a, a favourite back. But I love Naval College here, to be honest. I thought the first up run was terrific. That was just over a mile. He's 
stepped up to second up. I think it was second up last preparation. Uh, well, Chet Stanley rode him last preparation for two wins. He's a horse that just looks like he needs a bit more ground. But I thought the first up run was absolutely terrific in that. In what should be probably one of the better form races of the day, you've got form behind Grabini, who I think will win later on. And Glory Days was excellent in that race as well, sticking on on speed. But he was back in the field that day, hit the line really strongly. Last preparation, they went to 1,800. This time, they go to 2,000. I think that's what he wants. He should land uh, closer in this run. It's only a small field, to be honest. He should... Uh, land a, a pair or two back, but I think he's the one I want to back. I think he's one of the better bets of the day, to be honest. Yeah, he's a he's he's the sort of runner where I think the the claims can be very important here with Jet. I thought Michelle was Ella was 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 okay at Kembla Grange. I um, still haven't seen it on a good track, and I don't know. Um, looking at the weather, we'll we'll get back to a good one, but a good run gets Jamie Carr. I've been a touristic fan. I think it, it, it's just been there and thereabouts. I think this is the sort of race that I can see it winning. It's about the right price to have a, uh, an each-way bet, so I'll be back in number five touristic. It was it was okay last night without being uh, flashing light. Let's talk about race nine next, guys. And a listener wants to know our thoughts on midnight in Tokyo in race nine, a 1,400-metre race for four-year-olds and up. Uh, trained by Nisham. Been up there in Brisbane recently, uh, Ruta? Yeah, it's been up there. Ran second in the gateway. Been going really well up there. Um, but horses coming back from Brisbane, I, I tend to want to oppose them. Um, I just think, in, think the the class jumps a bit big, but he, it has um, been been here and, and, and performed here at that level before. I found Stephen aside here. Uh, first up, Jason Collett gave it, gave it, got a got a beautiful run on it, and just it sprinted really quickly. And second up, it should have won, so it should be unbeaten in this preparation. I um, I just think it's going really well. Gets Collett back on, probably sits in behind them, and it's got a real sharp turn of foot. I, I give Midnight in Tokyo a hope. Test of the Silence is going um, good. Joe's just worked out, and cross the Rubicon. Don't. Leave it out of your quaddies. I think it should be in every quaddie that's taken. I think it's going really well, and it could really surprise you. Yeah, I'm with you, Ruder. I think he set aside always a horse that I've had a bit of time for. I think um, maybe he sort of got that... Uh, well, it's hard to say he got a reputation for a bit of a non-winner, but he was sort of there or thereabouts in a few races, his last preparation. Ruled there to win. He wasn't winning by long margins when he did, but uh, it's fair to say that he probably, with more luck, he should have won. As I said just a minute ago, he he won that protest against Run With The Tide. He just sort of didn't have a lot of clear room in the straight last start. Look, if he gets clear error, I think he's the best horse in this race. He's probably a stakes horse, one of those, knock off one of those sort of group threes and at the, uh, the end of the autumn or the early phase of the autumn. Uh, on midnight in Tokyo, travelling terrific. She's coming back from Queensland, but uh, I just don't know how to ma- weigh up this, this gateway form. I know it's a race they've only had for a couple of years, and, and you get the Stradbroke entry there, but look, to be honest, at, the, at this point, um, do we think any horse that wins the gateway will win the Stradbroke? It's it's hard to imagine they would, to be honest. So it's hard to to weigh up that form, and she was well beaten that day by Dream Hour. But 
And little Nisham obviously got that stable up there. He was, she was travelling really well. First time. Yeah, the gateway, the gateways. I think Racing Queensland got the concept right. They started by making it a, you know, winning you into the Stradbroke um, exempt from the ballot. But doing it the way they've done it now, it it it, it attracts a horse that might might not be up to that level, but Oda's thinking, well, I can get something else in. So um, I think Australian Bloodstock will, will find a 1,400 metre horse. I don't think Dream Hour will be their horse in the Strad, taking that spot in the Stradbroke, but um, the, sure they'll find one that's um, going really well. It really flew to the line that day. It was a really good win. On, on step aside, it just smells like a sort of horse that Chris, has, Chris does this a lot, Chris Waller, during the summer period. Brings them back gets them a couple of wins, gets their ratings up so that when he brings them back in the, in the autumn, they're ready to go when they get into the races that he needs them to get into. Because I think he found there a couple of years ago that he, he was finding horses that he, he thought would be autumn horses that just couldn't get into the races because they basically didn't have the rating because they hadn't won the races. And that's what ratings are about. If you Your, your rating only goes up if you, you perform and, you know... Um, you've got to be at that high... You've got to get your rating to a level that gets you into the races you want to get into. It's it's, it's not about the horses that are already at that rating, and we shouldn't be, never be whinging about horses that have performed getting into races. Sometimes they don't come down quick enough, I admit that, but um, I think Chris is looking further ahead with step aside just to make sure that it's got that... got up in that 80, high 80s range so it can get into some nice races in the maybe in the autumn or the, or the winter. I don't know about you, Marlo, but I'd love to see Ruta head-to-head with our man Davo on, on a Saturday morning on ratings. It could be it could be must-watch or must-listen stuff. I wouldn't get a word in because uh, I, I, don't, I don't know it all. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's Christmas, mate. Come on. Don't be yeah, like that. Yeah, come on. Fair game. Gee, you're nasty. Um, so step aside on top there for both of you. Another favourite on top, hey, Mitch? Look, if you, you're not you're not working with me on value. I think I did have House of Cards on top, but it was actually twenty to one yesterday. But it's now eight fifty. So, oh, um, so do you, do you, pres- what did you get? The presents, Mitch, on the way in. These, these presents don't pay for themselves, Luke. So we've just got to find a way somewhere. You know, you don't have to pay for presents after your a couple of your nights out. <laughs> uh, question here, Luke: Will a Bullock ride a winner at Rambic on Saturday? That's from Steve. Um, well, let's have a look, Steve. I'll, I'll bring up his rides. Um, you got him on top on anything, Chris? No, I haven't. But you know, I've got Poseidon all in with a really good, good um, chance. I think that might be the reason why he's there actually, because he rode it last start, and I just think he's, you know, another one of those jockeys. That, you know, you go through through the jockey ranks, and you you see these jockeys that just win races. Like to point out, Adam Pyromatus has been back for, I think six months now and he's ridden 50 winners and two group one winners but he's just gone to another level since he came back he's really focused and doing really well both both of them are, uh, are managed by Drew Smith and he does a, he does a great job and I spoke to Drew the other day and he was just saying with with Aaron he didn't even think about winning the premiership the the national premiership until it come there and then he really got focused and really did the job um I'm just disappointed we don't see him more in town, but it's basically a weight thing, isn't it? He, 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 can't, get, he can't get down too low. Just look at his rides. Marnix, I couldn't have. I think his best is probably is probably Poseidon Ruler, and he'll give it every hope. Mm. 
well, last time I said this, I ended up with egg on my yeah, face, and he actually I remember this. he actually <laughs> rung the producers got Aaron on to uh, to stick it to me. It was actually really good banter. I, I appreciated it. Um, I, it was my early crow on behind the gates. I said, "No, nah, Bullock, he'll he'll miss out." He wrote a double and nearly got a fifty chance home. Uh, but I'll go again. I'll say no this week. I'll say no. Aim point, race two, number one, uh, probably resuming for a country championships path. Uh, I think he'll be fitter for it. Poseidon Ruler, race three, number one, back marker. We'll need things to go his way. Skylab, race seven, number two. He's back in distance. Stable do it well, but um, no. Nah. One of the magic moves last year, so you'd imagine he's going for a similar race. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, going for the sub-zero. It'll be the sharpen up run before the sub-zero. This will be uh, a tick over, and, and Marnix, he's like Santa Claus. He he lobs once a year. So um, race nine, number four, I'll, I'll say you'll miss out, Ruta. That can't be <laughs> okay. your early crow this, this week. You've got, to, you've got to work harder for the early crow, Marla. Yeah, exactly, I know. Uh, Luke, is there a multi today? That from Tim. No, apologise, Tim. There isn't. Uh, traders are away, so uh, no multi at the moment. We'll be back, though, in the new year. Let's get some best bets off you boys. Um, what have you got for us? Uh, Rudy, you go. I'm Grabini. I just think it's. It, it, I think it's, I think it's actually a good price. I think you can you can back it with a bit of um, a bit of confidence. I thought a Uni Army would be hard to beat in the last. So big day for Gerald and Sterling, hopefully, and see how they go. On with the order, I think Union Army just trusting that uh, second run back from the long break from the bleed, um, that it's all okay with him, it must be. But I thought the first run from Union Army was absolutely terrific. I think he's the better, the program, to be honest. I think he just wins. And if you want some value, it's not as much. Yeah, sorry, Mitch, because he drew the inside and he doesn't like being inside horses last part. So they were quite happy to draw nine and be out there with a bit of space and uh, let him launch down the centre. So, you know, look for a big improvement. And if he does that, well, he, he just looks a good bet, doesn't he? Yeah. And, uh, and I think if you want value, uh, Union Army... He, uh, sorry, not Union Army. Uh, House of Cards, earlier on the card, he was um, 21 before, but I still think he's a back all price in a, in a pretty open sort of three-year-old race where a lot of horses <laughs> are looking north. But uh, House of Cards... How about, how about the two-year-old race? How about the two-year-old race? Luke, what yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about it. I'm laughing at Mitch apologising to you, Chris, after you interrupted him. <laughs> You're polite. Cohen, Roots interrupts you halfway through giving your best and you go, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Well, I just wanted to point that out about Union Army because I think it was it might be missed by a few people that you know sometimes horses just don't like being on the inside of horses and mm. uh, Gerald was very big on that getting it to the outside and that it, that it could be better and I spoke to Sterling as well and they both were reading from the same song card so um, I think run under its belt I think Mitch is on the target there. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, sorry, Ruta. Yeah, sorry, Ruta. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go a couple of minutes over, guys, because, yeah, I think we should talk about the two-year-old race and the last. Um, this text, Ruta, I've figured out why you haven't backed a winner for a while. It's because you keep backing backmarkers. Marlo, get Davo on the line and talk some sense into him, please. Uh, love that text. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I love throwing a, I love throwing a cat among the pigeons. How about last week? I was all over Waha Falls and just dropped off like every other hunter in Australia. Oh, yeah. Well, it was hard to back in with the bias. It was a good ride from Barry uh, to get him home. Terrific uh, ride. Ride of the day. Yeah, 100%. Two-year-olds in the first. 
parkour, J-Car in town to ride this. Uh, wanted to stick with the horse is the male. Um, three commanding artists. I think he's a he's got a motor. He's a big boy uh, off the videos. Big, strong trapeze artist cult, guys. Um, what do you think of this first race? Old Southrider, I was with Taker Report last week. I thought he's running the English Nursery. Look like a horse that wants 1,100, 1,200 and even further, to be honest. So I'm not going to drop off him this week. I think this is an easier race than what there was last week. Obviously, straight charge. Got the easy lead last week, but still kicked their heads in. Uh, I think 1,200 is right up his alley. I thought if you, you go back and watch his English Nursery run, he just screams of a horse that wants... More than, well, he was 900 on debut and then 1,000. I think he's a horse that wants 1,200 and further. I'm going to stick with him. I thought commanding artists uh, on, on from that list, I think commanding artists' trials would be good. I thought Dark Arts is also very good at the trials. But, uh, yeah, it's these two-year-old races where you, you've almost got to trust your eye with the trials. And I want a horse with a bit of match experience. And I think Sacred Fort out the 1,200 metres is the one I want to be on. Uh, Parkour was really good from back in the field first up, but just found the line. They ran good time home. I don't know if you've got the, the Darling Sessions in front of you, but I think he ran, he, he got down low 33s, Parkour, or from where, from back in the field. The fact that Jamie Carr rang and said, rang James Cummings and said, I want to be where, wherever this horse goes next, is very encouraging. And I think they've worked out that they need every bit of 1200 metres, so. This is the first 1,200-metre race for the season in Sydney, Sydney for two-year-olds, I think, and it, just, it was just an opportunity to have, uh, to wait. They took the opportunity to wait and go to this race, and it's the only horse they've got for the Magic Millions, good often, so I think um, another extreme choice with a bit of talent. Uh, I still agree with Mitch. I thought Dark Arts was really good at trials. I think it's the one that's been missed by a lot of people. I think it'll it'll run a huge, huge race. And um, Commanding Artist, um, if it gets wet, you want to be on it because it's a half to Sky Command, and um, I think it's got a pretty, a pretty similar characteristic. That's the first. Well, let's talk about the last before we go. Union Army, you touched on Chris. Um, again, another horse that's going to be back, but he will charge. He's got a big motor. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's take a. I don't think he's at that far back. I think he probably no worse midfield. I think they'll they'll keep him in the race. It's. If the track is playing fair, and I think Ramwick, when it gets a lot of racing, starts to even out a lot, so you don't really get that um, that leader leader bias. I think it, it it can get over the top of them here. But its first up run was good. It was go, it was always going to improve off that. Um, as I touched on, the draw helps that it, keep it outside horses, gets to the centre, and flows home, and uh, gives us something to go and buy the champagne for New Year's Eve. With, yeah, I think, as I said, for all the reasons I said, I think Union Army is the better of the day. But if we're looking elsewhere, I think this horse dynamic spirit. Now, he's covered more ground than the Earl Settlers, this bloke. He's been started his career over in the Northern Hemisphere, went to Hong Kong, and now he's here. But his first up run was absolutely terrific at the Kensington track. He was obviously carrying 61 kilos that day. If there's a danger, it's him. Just Stanley's claim gets him in a little bit better here. Uh, what is he? I'm not too sure just yet because... He's a he's horse. He's a horse, Mitch. Yeah, well... <laughs> well <laughs> just FYI, <laughs> he's a thoroughbred yeah, he racehorse. A... That's what he is. 
Yeah, well, he's uh, well, he's a Brazilian, a Brazilian bred uh, via. Well, he's he's a he's a worldly man, is what he is. This young fella from uh, by Agnes Gold out of Japan, out of Brazilian mare. So, look, to be honest, uh, I think he's the one that I'm worried about. But to be honest, that that run from Union Army first up, I thought he's always been a nice galloper. He's come back from the bleed. I think he's one come back. Hopefully, I'm not too far down by this stage, and and we can unload. Boys, what do you like, Luke? In the last? Yeah. Or in general for the card? In the last, a bit of both in general for the card, yeah. Well, I think that Union Army's got a bit on them, to be honest. If he, if he's, if it's a fair deck, I think he might round them up, guys. Uh, and I think, I can't see him being off the map too. Uh, these sort of horses that I know the tab like to take a bit of a set against. Uh, that settled back, so I just think he's probably got a touch more progression in him than a 78, whereas a few of these, I'm not sure how much further they're going. So, yeah, I'm with him here. Is that all right? I think that's the, que- that's, that's the query around this time. If you can find a progressive horse, you can quite often get um, a bit of a bonus in the price um, against horses that have been at this level for a long time. So. Mm. And let's not forget, he, he got rolled first up last preparation. They kicked him off at 14 there. I think they've worked out that he's that sprinting type. I like the 1,100-metre return, and now getting to 1,200 second up is just beautiful. But I wouldn't say I'm declaring anything on the card, guys. Um, Weak. Yeah, oh, I just I am. You're right. But <laughs> I, I think it's pretty hard, to be honest. I, I, think, I, think, I think what the problem is is that the favourites that are – uh, well found. So you, you're being asked to take a price that you probably don't want to take about a lot of the favourites, and and I think that's going to that's going to only inflate on race day because I think a lot of people are going to fall on, look at her and go, well I've backed that horse, particularly a horse like Ravini. He's been good to me. I'll I'll stick with him. And you know, two forty might become two dollars, and no one wants to be backing that two dollars. I wouldn't think. Um, but we'll see. Like it's, it, you know, I I tend to like to find things that you know eight. Eight dollars because you can back a lot more losers there and still make a profit. Yeah, I get that too. Uh, I get that too, mate. Uh, an eagle eye listener has just told us uh, Midnight Tokyo has come out of the ninth, guys. So um, it's been scratched. We we did discuss that horse earlier, but it has come out of race number nine. Boys, this is it for 2023 as far as the punters panel goes. Thanks for being a part of the show throughout the year. Hope you guys have enjoyed it, and I just hope we all back a million winners in 2024. Uh, I hope we all have a winning year and um, hope everyone's had a good Christmas and then, and um, uh, let's, um, let's hope 2024 continues a, a good run for everyone. I would just say, Luke, use the knives wisely. <laughs> Will do, Mitch. <laughs> have a good day, boys. There's the punters panel. See you, mate.